You may have certain beliefs about the role of technology in society, but it's not necessary to be afraid of artificial intelligence. It's a tool created by humans and can be used for both good and bad purposes. Those two sentences were not written by me. No, they were written by what I would call an artificial intelligence created by OpenAI. Most call this technology AI, and it pulls its info from the web. So I asked it a question. As a Christian, should I be afraid of AI? You just heard the first part of the answer. Here's the rest. It's important to consider the ethical implications of AI and to use it responsibly. It's also important to remember that ultimately, as a Christian, you're called to trust in God and to use your gifts and talents to serve others. Those were not my thoughts. The thoughts of a robot. And I would agree. Jesus is sovereign over all, even AI. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series that we started yesterday called, I Pray the Lord Their Soul to Keep. Things like artificial intelligence can really stir you up. I wonder if, because we've seen one too many movies that show advanced technology spinning out of control. But the reality is we do live in a fallen world, and there are fearful things to worry about. I think that's why there are so many helicopter parents these days, hovering over their children, wanting to protect them. And I'm not saying parents should neglect the safety and well-being of their children, but I do think we sometimes spend too much time trying to hover over our kids' world rather than crying out to the Lord who holds the world, as well as our children, in His hands. What's a parent to do? Well, as the old hymn says, take it to the Lord. Yesterday, we met Melissa Kruger. She's written a book called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. And we looked at the importance of praying for the children in our lives. And you know, this is something I think we all need to focus on. In a moment, Melissa will be back with us to share how the Lord answered a specific prayer in her family's life and how the Lord used that to encourage her to keep on praying. And then we'll turn to God's Word to find encouragement to keep praying for our kids. But first, we caught up with a praying mom, and her name is Chelsea Crouch, and she lives just outside Savannah, Georgia, with her pastor, husband, and four kids. We asked her to share how she remembers to pray for her children and how she models praying for them. So I have a a card for each one of our four kids with their name. Um, Each of them, my husband and I kind of have chosen a I'll say a life verse for them that we um, chose when I was pregnant. And so I have that verse on there. And then I just keep kind of a running list of things that I'm praying about for them. So sometimes I look at the cards and sometimes I I just leave them where they are. And I just kind of pray for the kids without them, which means sometimes I pull the cards out and I see things that I wrote and forget that I had been praying for those things when I had written it down. And um, our youngest is almost three and has a pretty significant speech disorder, which we've known about for about a year. And so I have that on his card and I do pray for it often. But um, the other day I, I pulled out the cards and his name is Noah. And it says, you know, Noah, Lord, please open his mouth. 
so that he can speak. Um, and just just this past week, he said his name for the first time. Um, and he understands what we say, but just um, struggles to express it. And so just, just having that, writing it down and seeing it, and then when I read it, seeing, wow, like God... God can save my kids. We we hope that He will bring salvation to them, but He can He can truly do um, all kinds of things. <laughs> but it's a blessing to see that I have been praying for that, and He He is doing it. Chelsea Crouch in Georgia, sharing how she prays for her four children. Isn't she right? It's good to teach our kids to take everything to the Lord. After this program, I want to send you a copy of a prayer guide that will help you pray for children around you, whether your own or the children of somebody else, maybe grandchildren. It's called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. And you can do this, whether you're a grandfather like me or you're a homeschooling mom. It's a short, but it's a sweet book filled with scripture and prompts to pray that'll help you daily lift up to heaven the children in your life. And it's easy to use over and over again. So for your gift to the ministry, I want to send you five things to pray for your kids. The number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can go online and watch the video we posted with Melissa Kruger and check out the sample chapter. And then you can make your gift and ask for the book. They're at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now let's open the program with a song from the album Only a Holy God by City of Light. You, my God, have saved my soul. I am yours forevermore. I won't be moved of this, I'm sure. You, my God, you saved my soul.
Tuesday, I'm Charles Morris. The program is called I Pray the Lord Their Soul to Keep. And we open the program there with City of Light and Saved My Soul. And as I said a few moments ago, if you were with me, we began our week with Melissa Kruger talking about the importance of praying for our children, grandchildren, children all around us who need prayer. But you know, this is something I think we all need to focus on. You might be an aunt or an uncle or a godparent, or a Sunday school teacher. The next generation is growing up before your eyes. And oh, they too need Jesus. The Lord has been saving people from all generations ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And God's people have been praying for the next generation for just as long. And once you have a child, a little boy or a little girl, depending on you for so many things, well, it changes how you think. It even changes how you pray. Here again with me from Charlotte, North Carolina, is Melissa Kruger. Melissa, the scripture's pretty clear about laying all our requests before the Lord, presenting them to them. Uh, sometimes maybe we think they're more important needs than the Lord thinks, but we're asked to take everything to him in prayer. Got an example from your life? Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty huge win for us. Um, the first five years of our marriage, we moved a lot. My husband was in the ministry, and so you're going to church, and you switched churches, and then we had moved, and we had moved overseas. We were living in um, Edinburgh, Scotland, and we had our first baby there, and I desperately longed to live near family. Mm. Uh, you know, I wanted my kids to grow up near grandparents, and we were in a situation where it, international flying with a baby, you know, that is sure. very, very difficult. And you will be a praying mother on an international flight. There is no other option because you will pray your child does not scream the whole flight. Right. But um, <laughs> I can remember we were coming home. My brother lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I remember driving by Reformed Theological Seminary. And just thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if you could get a job there? Like, wouldn't that just be, but you know, how would that ever happen? Like that would never happen because I mean, to live near family, to have my brother in town for my kids to get to grow up with their cousins. It almost seemed like that's too much to ask, mm. you know, to have a situation like that. 
And what's amazing, um, Mike went to meet with Rick Canada, who used to be the chancellor of the institution, and they hit it off. And um, he had Mike come and be kind of an adjunct professor for a year. And after that, um, he hired him. And it felt like we had prayed and prayed and prayed just to get a professor job. Honestly, Not easy today. Like yes. A little bit of a miracle, sure. especially... Yeah, Mike was 30 at the time. He was a really young professor when he came. And um, what I can say I've gotten to see, and I haven't taken it for granted in all, we've been here now 21 years. Mm. And to watch my kids get to grow up with cousins in town, to watch my kids get to grow up with friends who I went to college with, um, that is so special. Every, every year of that feels like a gift from the Lord um, that I have celebrated because it was such a huge answer to prayer and almost, I was almost afraid to pray for it because I didn't want to be disappointed. Mm. And it was just like the Lord said, no, you can ask me anything. You you, you, know, you can ask for the ice cream after dinner. <laughs> um, and that's what it felt, felt like. So I'm so thankful. With one child on the East Coast and one on the West Coast, and I'm a few hours away on the West Coast, maybe I should start praying that prayer too. That sounds like a pretty <laughs> good prayer to pray. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Charles. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, a program called I Pray the Lord Their Soul to Keep. And, you know, I think when we hear Melissa talking about her prayers, it tugs on a heartstring when you hear that. We all have needs and desires. That's part of what it means to be human, after all. And I believe that one of the things we don't consider enough is how the Bible tells us we should pray. This is true when it comes to praying for our children and grandchildren as well. For one thing, when we see the story of Scripture and the fact that it's all about Jesus, we realize how much we should pray for the salvation of our kids. I want you to listen to the Apostle Paul's words found in Ephesians 2. You've heard this before, but we need to remind ourselves in relationship to our kids that are around us. It is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. By grace, through faith, God's gift, that's our salvation. And you know, these verses that I just quoted remind me of a very special memory from my own family. It was many years ago, but I still remember it like yesterday. I'm sure most believing parents can relate. When you're a Christian parent and you seek to raise up your child in the gospel, you want them to know who God is, who Jesus is, what he has done. That's one of the greatest desires of your heart. And so my wife and I always read scripture with our children. Sometimes there were other books, too, like C.S. Lewis and his Narnia Tales, but we always had time together in God's Word, the Bible, every single night. I'll never forget when we lived in Philadelphia, and one of our young children came to me, and he was crying. For whatever reason, the Spirit had really gotten hold of him that night. He was convicted. He even told me, Daddy, I'm a sinner. And he said that through tears. We lived in a three-story house at the time. I went and found Janet, and we sat with him on the steps leading up to his third-floor bedroom he shared with his brother. And what a conversation it was. 
We talked to him about how he wasn't too young to have Jesus abiding in him and to be saved. He told us about how he had heard about the gospel again recently in Sunday school. And he had heard us talking about it before so many times. It reminded me of my own younger days. When I was only five years old, the Spirit was already reaching in and stirring my heart, even though I don't think I was saved until I was 16. And the Holy Spirit was at work in our young child even then. He committed his life to Jesus that night. I believe by grace he was saved through faith in Jesus Christ. I think we all have a temptation as parents. We tend to think that our children will come to faith if we are perfect parents. But that isn't possible, is it? Janet and I certainly weren't perfect parents. Neither are you. In fact, there haven't been any perfect parents at any time on this earth. The very first parents were Adam and Eve, after all. So the salvation of our children is not up to us, just like our own salvation was not up to us. No one is saved because they've earned it. We're only saved by God's grace because of what Jesus earned for all who trust in him. And that's why imperfect parents like you and me can pray to the Lord that he will save our imperfect children. We can pray that they realize that salvation is by faith alone in Jesus Christ, not by any works that they can perform. And we can pray that because of their faith in Christ alone, that the Spirit will work in them to produce then good works to God's glory. And doesn't that remind you of another one of Paul's letters? I'm thinking of his letter to the Galatians, in particular chapter 5. You've probably heard these familiar words as well, and they remind us to pray that God will fill our children with spiritual fruit. Let me read it to you. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, and this is where we're getting to the children especially, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and even self-control. Against such things, Paul said, there is no law. Now, it's really quite obvious, I think, when you read this passage or any passage like this, that there are two ways to go. Those who know the Lord and are trusting in Jesus as their Savior, they're still tempted by the flesh, but that old part of us that is still sinful. But the Holy Spirit works in the children of God. So as you pray for the salvation of the children around you and your life, pray that the Lord would do what he's promised to do not only to save those who call upon his name from wrath and judgment, but also that he would grow them in godliness, that the Holy Spirit would form a Christ-like character within them. I think one of my favorite psalms has to be Psalm 121. It reminds us that God watches over us, and we can use that psalm to pray that Jesus will watch over our children. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip.
He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Being a parent can be a hard thing, wonderful as it is. We don't have an owner's manual to tell us which decisions to make all day long, but we do have a wonderful, gracious God. We can turn to him and know that he is our refuge. He is our perfect father who loves us and hears us, and we can pray that he will lead us and guide us as we interact with the next generation. And we can trust him. Jesus lived, died, and rose again. And all who call on his name, what? Shall be saved. Won't you join me in praying together that the next generation calls on the Savior? I lift my eyes and see I need not be Psalm 121, set to music and sung by Sovereign Grace, He Will Keep You. You're in Haven today, where we've been talking about the importance of praying for the children in our lives. But let me just say that when you do pray 
for the kids around you, something will happen to you. Yes, I know looking at our world today, it feels like a scary place. It is a scary place. But when you bring the children in your life before your loving and holy and sovereign God, you'll be encouraged and reminded that God's in control and he holds you in his hands as well. So may I challenge you the way I've been challenged already this week. Let's start praying for our kids. They really need it. And so do we. And that's why Melissa Kruger wrote her unique book that we have for your gift to the ministry called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. It's short. It's helpful. 21 key areas to be praying about their spiritual growth and character development. And it has five short prayers that come straight out of the Bible. And you can use this book over and over to pray for the children around you. And get ready to see how the Lord's going to work in their lives as well as yours. So let me send you Five Things to Pray for Your Kids by Melissa Kruger. And we'll get it out right away as you get in touch with us and make your gift to Haven today. You just need to call us right now. And the number is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or look at the sample chapter and see for yourself how easy this book is to use. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have Charles Spurgeon's morning and evening devotional in a more modern English for your gift. Ask about it when you call or read more about it when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Come back again tomorrow on Wednesday, won't you? And again, we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Patriotism, local pride, no matter where you're from, we tend to be proud of it. I'm an American, or I'm from Vancouver, where I grew up in the mountains. But you know, this world is not our home, no matter how comforting some places may seem to us. We're citizens of another country, another kingdom, the kingdom of God or as Matthew calls it, the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus tells us to pray for this kingdom. Listen to these words from the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are a lot of good things in this world, but we should be praying for something even better. God's kingdom coming in its fullness. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.